Well, good morning, Heartland. I've got a couple questions for you as we just begin here. Have you ever been a part of a story that you didn't want to be a part of? Well, like, yeah, COVID-19, global pandemic. Have you ever actually had stories told about you that you didn't want told? Well, I snore. There, I've said it. It's out in cyberspace forever recorded so we can stop telling the stories about my snoring. Have you ever heard a story so much or told a story and you actually thought it was yours only to find out that it wasn't your story? This happened in one of our family meals the other day. Our youngest was telling a sibling uh, bathtub story and he was so confident about this story. Hey guys, don't you remember? And actually, the older sibling said, yeah, we do remember, but we don't know how you remember. He's like, yeah, that was an amazing story. And uh, our oldest said, well, I don't think that's your story. He said, no, I I was there. That's my story. She said, no, that's not your story. And he was confident. And then she said, you weren't even born yet. And then you hear in the background, lawyered, which is short speak for hey, case closed, the argument is done, you've lost your argument, and we're going to close off that case. Well, as I think about just the stories that we love, we love to share, we, we actually don't want stories shared about us, it's because everybody wants to be in a good story. Everybody wants to have a vital role to play in that story. It, it reminds me of the photos that we look at. Um, and, and often when we, we look at a photo, we, we have our eyes drawn to ourselves. We're, we're looking for ourselves in the photo. And if we don't see ourselves there, we're actually looking for somebody else we might know in the photo. And if we don't see them, we look for a place or an experience that might be familiar to us because we're, we're writing ourselves into that story. We want to experience the goodness of what that story represents. And it reminds me of uh, my wife and I, Melissa, we went um, to Hawaii last May. We are celebrating our 25th anniversary and uh, because, you know, we got married when we were 12. Um, so I remember standing in line uh, at the car rental place when we got off the plane and I had reserved a Toyota Corolla because we wanted good gas mileage, cheap on a budget. We had saved for this for a number of years. And I get to the front of the line and the gal said, sir, I have some bad news that we, we don't have your car that you reserved. We actually have a Jeep. And I said, oh, ma'am, we actually needed the fuel economy from that car. And she says, well, I'm going to have to give you the Jeep. And I said, well, I reluctantly, I'm going to take the Jeep. Uh, Could you keep it at the same rate? And she said, of course, we'll do that. Well, internally, I'm like, this is exciting. We can take the top off. And we did. And we circled the entire island and uh, got great photos and great memories. It was just the other night that my boys and I were watching Hawaii Five-O rerun. And, uh, and every time we watch the reruns, we think back one year when we were on the island of Oahu where this uh, Hawaii Five-0 was actually filmed. And, and I'd say, oh, we've been there. And oh, we've been there. And I could hear my wife in the kitchen yelling out, hey, that's my favorite spot. We've been there. And, and when we first came back from the trip, the boys were actually just irritated by, uh, guys, can you just stop telling us about all the places you've been? Well, this past week, they moved from irritated to actually intrigued. They, they wanted to know more about this place and that place that we were seeing on the TV screen. And it's because... Everybody 
wants to be a part of a good story. Everybody wants to play a vital role in that story. And reading the Bible is actually like that. Reading the Bible, it's like a picture book for us. It helps us to identify or recognize what God is like as he interacts with other people. It helps us recognize the activity of God. It helps us recognize the ways in which God interacts because it's the story of God interacting with humanity captured in the story of the Bible in each of the specific books. And as we read it, we get familiar with who God is. We get familiar with his ways. We get familiar with his activity so that when we're out and about in our daily lives, we can say, oh, there's God. Oh, that's God. Oh, that's how God works. We recognize the activity of God because we've seen it consistently in the stories with other people. And it actually gives us a sense of comfort. It gives us a sense of stability. It gives us a sense of confidence. And and the Bible is one of the primary ways in which God reveals himself, makes himself known to us. It's not the only way. We can know more about God through the stories of others who follow him, and they tell us those stories, and it's a huge encouragement. It's one of the reasons that we continue to challenge ourselves to capture our stories and share our stories because it helps others see, oh, God is really like that. And it seems in real life, in real time. It's the other reason that we we actually invite ourselves uh, to read the Bible as a community because we want to be a community that encounters God on a regular basis. And we can do that through the stories of other people. We can do that through reading the Bible because he speaks to us and we we want to be able to share that story with others so they can encounter God and find their place in his story because everybody wants to be a part of a good story. Everybody wants to have a vital part in that story. So we're going to invite you, just like we did with Luke, we're stepping into a new series in the book of Acts, and we just want to invite ourselves to read the book of Acts. And so as we journey together over the next several months in the book of Acts, week after week, we can read together as a community, and what will happen is God will be speaking together, Uh, he'll be speaking to us and we'll encounter God together. We'll do it as we worship, like this in live stream, and hopefully not in the too near uh, distant future, we'll be able to be together back uh, in, a, in a live way. But as we read, he'll speak to us and we'll see the ways in which he works. We'll see his activity in the world and we'll be able to encounter him in similar ways. So this book of Acts has its title. Uh, more full title is the Acts of the Apostles. These early disciples that Je- uh, Jesus had chosen and he had sent them out on his mission. It's actually more uh, the Acts of the Holy Spirit spirit through these early church fathers. Uh, And and it's really a chronicle of the start or birth of the church, not as an organization, not as a place that we go to, but as a people, a a people continuing the story of God forward, a people owning the story for themselves, a a people that are saying, we're going to take the story to our generation. And as I mentioned, Luke is the author of Acts as well, and he outlines for us the spread of the message and the spread of the mission of Jesus. So let me just pause and let's give a definition for the word mission. When we talk about mission, uh, this is just right out of a Google search in terms of the, uh, the dictionary. 
mission, an important assignment carried out for political, religious, or commercial purposes, typically involving travel. Or the vocation calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and spread its faith. So what is the mission of Jesus? Well, Jesus actually tells us his mission in Luke, chapter 19, verse 10. You'll see it on the screen. Jesus, speaking of himself, says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Lost because they haven't joined the story of God and the family of God through Jesus yet. And it's Jesus, actually God the Father through Jesus, he's calling every man, every woman, every child home, back into relationship with this great God. So how is it that the early church, who had about 25,000 followers of Jesus around A.D. 100, how is it 200 years later with the population of that day that they exploded to, to 20 million in 200 years? Well, it was this group of 11 disciples. You say, wait a second, I thought Jesus had 12 disciples. Yes, Judas didn't make it. He was the one that uh, sold Jesus out for some silver. But it's these 11 disciples that actually chose to own the mission and message of Jesus for themselves, and it spread like wildfire in their time, and actually throughout the centuries, and it has reached you and I where we live, that same message. And Jesus actually tells us his plan and how it happened in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let's take a look there. It reads like this, Jesus saying, But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus last week called Easter. And we, we celebrated that Jesus rose again from the dead. There was an empty tomb. He had willingly sacrificed himself. We had Good Friday. We, had, we celebrated with the, the sunrise service. But there's this empty tomb. He has risen indeed. And he now has appeared to his disciples, to the 12 and to the 120 and to the, the 500, even a large crowd. And, and then he told his followers, I want you to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the power that I promised from the Father. Father, so that you can do my mission, not in your own strength, but with the power from heaven. In fact, our reading in Luke outlines this for us in Luke chapter 24, verses 46 to 49, reads like this. Again, Jesus saying, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah, being Jesus, would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. Again, that's our celebration of Easter where we, we had Good Friday and Jesus, he willingly gives up his life on the cross. He was buried. But then the third day, he, he risen from the dead. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And here's the message. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Repent is kind of this religious word where it, it means to turn from or to change your mind. And I'm changing my mind about the junk and sin in my life, and I'm turning to God, and he says, I will actually forgive you, and we can be in right relationship. Now Jesus goes on and says, you are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, 
but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So we've got this anticipation that Jesus sets up for these folks. They don't have to do it in their own strength. They're going to be sent out with the message on the mission of Jesus, but they're going to receive power from heaven to go ahead and be witnesses of the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. And Jesus' resurrection It's the thing that changes everything. Because if we reflect back just 10 days before in the narrative with Jesus when he was being falsely accused, Peter no longer wanted to be found in the story. Peter was one of his closest disciples. Peter began to deny Jesus, likely out of fear for his own life. Peter found himself in a story he didn't want to be a part of. He didn't want people to tell the stories about him. But if we scroll forward into Acts chapter 1, after the resurrection of Jesus, you actually see Peter standing up among his peers and in the crowd. And there's this new sense of boldness about Peter. He had received forgiveness for what he had done in terms of denial. And now he's got boldness. See, the resurrection for Peter and his peers, it actually changed everything for these guys. Has Jesus' resurrection changed everything for you? I mean really changed where it moved you from despair to hope, from the fear of death to actually the promise and hope of life, not just in this life, but I won't have the second death because I know I have eternal life because God's given it to me in a free gift because of his resurrection. Uh, Do I have freedom from fear? Perfect love, it casts out all fear. This is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life for us. Am I free from my striving to move into just a sense of rest? Have I moved from doubt to a sense of confidence and certainty? Have I moved out of loneliness into a sense of belonging, belonging to this larger family of God? I'm no longer a stranger, but I'm intimate in his family. He calls me a son and he calls me a daughter. And the question is, how can I have this for myself? How can I have the power of his resurrection and be a witness to that in my own life? And it's outlined for us easily in Romans chapter 10. It says like this, when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe today you've, you've not confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord over all, including your life. Maybe today you haven't actually said, you know, with my heart, I believe that God has risen him from the dead. I want that to change everything in my life. Well, here today, you can call on his name, Jesus, which actually means salvation, deliverer, rescuer, You can call out to him and he can be yours and you can be his. You can be a part of his epic story and you can have a vital role and be called a son or a daughter. And if that's your desire right here, right now, you can simply pray and say, God, I do confess that Jesus is Lord over my life, over all things. I don't understand all that. And then you can say, I do believe in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. I'm calling out to you. Would you come into my life? Would you save me? You can do that right here, right now. Jesus, I confess you are Lord. Jesus, would you come into my life? I believe you rose from the dead. 
And you can know that you're a part of the family and you can begin to experience the resurrection of Jesus changing everything from the inside out. And when it changes everything from the inside out, you can't help but tell the story to others because we know that everybody wants a part of a good story. Everyone wants to play a vital role in the story as well. It's the invitation of a lifetime to be a part of the story of God, to own it for ourselves, to be changed by it, and then tell others about this Jesus who has done this amazing thing in my life. It's what Jesus actually had in mind. When we go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8 again, it says this. Jesus says, will, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. This is an everywhere mission. This is an everyone message, and we get the privilege who have believed in Jesus to actually peddle this hope and tell people about him everywhere, and it's like concentric circles. So in their day, they actually started with Jerusalem. Jesus said, hey, I want you to wait where you live, and I'm going to send power from heaven so you don't have to do it in your own strength, and I'm going to send you out on my, uh, on my mission with my message, with my power and the presence of my Holy Spirit and I want you to take it to Judea. And so Judea is actually the place that, that people are like me and close to me. Samaria are those that are maybe not like me but still close to me. And the ends of the earth, those that are like me and not like me, uh, but they're far from me. And, and here at Heartland, we have a desire for people that are far from God. Those that are like me and those that are not like me. And here's the reality. Every one of us are made in the image of God. And, and so whether you're like me or not like me, God's plan isn't that I make you like me or you make me like you. But God's plan is Jesus rose again from the dead and his resurrection and the work that he has done, it changes a life regardless of what culture you embrace or, or where you live. God wants us to bring it to the ends of the earth. And what was Jesus' plan to advance this mission, starting at home, moving into the neighborhood, moving into places that maybe make us uncomfortable to the ends of the earth? It's you and me. That was Jesus' plan, is that it would be passed person to person, that the good news of Jesus' resurrection and a relationship with him would actually move at the speed of relationships. It's up to you and I to take that which we've been beneficiaries of, the part of the story that we get to play is to be his witnesses, to be able to testify, to be his messengers. That is our role. That is our privilege. And Jesus knew that everyone wants to be a part of a good story. Jesus knew that everyone wants to play a vital role in the story because that's the way he made us. And now he makes his appeal to how he's made us. And when that happens and he says, I want you to own my mission as your own. I want you to tell the message that I am risen from the dead and that changes everything. And when we hear that, like most people, it's right here in that appeal from Jesus that it begins to trip us up. When Jesus says, I want you to continue my story, and we're like, whoa, what, me? God, Jesus, I get it. 
that in my own life, it's, it's a personal faith. I get that for me. But you want me to maybe tell the message of your good news to my family? That's a bit of a stretch. I mean, you don't know my spouse. You don't know my siblings. You don't know my, my parents. Or you want me to do what in my neighborhood? You want me to tell them about you in my neighborhood or in my city? Or, boy, I, it blows my mind around the globe. You want me to do what for my generation? It's common for all of us when Jesus asks us to be a part of moving out his message as a part of his mission to tell the story for us to be seized with fear, for us to be seized with doubt, for us to be even seized with resistance and apathy and maybe just concede to powerlessness. But I remind us, it's actually the greatest story there ever is. It's the story that changes everything now and for eternity. It is a story worth being a part of. It is a story worth telling. We're in a season of global pandemic that's actually ripe for telling the message of hope that is Jesus. But if you find yourself in a place of fear, if you find yourself in a place of doubt, if you find yourself today in a place of apathy, if you find your place in a a sense of loneliness today, if you're finding yourself powerless, then you're actually the perfect candidate to be seized with the power of God from heaven, the Holy Spirit, which is his presence with you. Rather than being seized with fear, you can be seized with God's faith. Rather than being seized with doubt, you can be seized with certainty. And rather than being seized with a sense of powerlessness, you can be seized with power, which is Holy Spirit's presence. Here's what Jesus says in Acts 1.8. We're going to go right back there. Jesus says, but I promise you this. So if you're in fear today or doubt today or despair today or powerlessness today or apathy today, Jesus offers you and I a promise. And the promise is this. I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. That's for them then and it is for us now. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, Judea, the distant provinces, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And see, here's what happens when the power from heaven, which is Holy Spirit, seizes us. When we're seized with the power from heaven, the presence of Holy Spirit, it it captures us so much so. That confidence rises and there's this compulsion that I've got to tell the story and it's beyond ourselves and a compassion wells up for those that don't know the story of Jesus, that don't know the story because everyone wants to be a part of the story. Everyone wants to have a vital role in the story and if today you need to be seized by the power that comes from heaven, Holy Spirit, you can offer the simple prayer that folks have been doing it for millennia and it's come Holy Spirit. So if you want to trade the fear today, if you want to trade the powerlessness today, if you want to trade the doubt today, if you want to trade the apathy today, if you just have an ounce of initiative to say, Holy Spirit, come, seize me with the power from heaven. I just want to invite us right now. Church, this is our finest hour opportunity. The world needs hope The world needs us to be seized with the power that's from heaven. The world needs us to step into the place 
where we have power from on high. Would you pause right now and ask Holy Spirit, would you come and seize me with the power from heaven? Pray with me as I prayed out loud. Holy Spirit, come. Would you seize your church with power in this season? Would you seize my life afresh and anew? To give me the confidence and the words and the strength beyond myself to tell the good news of the resurrection of Jesus, how it's changed my life. And how it can change another one's life. And we want to take it a step further this morning. So we move out of prayer. Worship band is going to come and they're going to lead us in a few songs. But before we get there, will you own the story of Jesus and the mission of Jesus? That's the call for us in this season. And one easy step for us is a simple prayer like this. God, who are you pursuing in my world that needs to hear the story of Jesus? Who is it around me? They may be like you. They may not be like you. They may not like you. They may be in a distant land. Would you ask God right now, God, would you bring to me a face, a name, or a place who needs the story of Jesus? Would you ask him right now? Let's pray again. God, would you show me a face or a place or give me a name of a person in my world that you're pursuing who needs to hear the story of Jesus. I am so thankful. 33 and a half years ago, a gentleman named Rich knew the story of Jesus and his resurrection. I was a part of his youth group, and he sat down, and he saw that I needed the story of Jesus, and he he told me the story, just like we're talking about it today, that Jesus died, was buried, and then he rose again from the dead, and that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, I could be saved. And, and I prayed a prayer with him, and I called on God. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What was amazing is this gentleman, Rich, out of the blue, he called me yesterday morning, and we just chatted for about 15 or 20 minutes. And it was so encouraging just to reconnect with the person who told me the story of Jesus. So that my life could be ever cha forever changed. It's an opportunity for us, church, to be changed, to be change agents, and we can own the story of God and the mission of Jesus. Here's two simple ways we're inviting ourselves to do that. Can we read the story of God, which is the Bible, daily? It's the book of Acts. We'll encounter God. We'll see how he's at work in all the different places. And then could we tell one person this great message of Jesus? Father, I just want to say thank you that we have an everywhere mission and an everywhere message that we can own, we can live, we can share. And may it be true of us as a church that we are not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God into salvation. Come and seize us, seize your church. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.